When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. A chance for Buffalo to counter with three and some speed. It's Paterka on the right side, sends it to the net, rebound, scores! J.J. Paterka stayed with it, and he's tied the game at one. Sabres here with a potential turnover to breakaway pass sent ahead, and it is Paterka with a shot, scores! He goes straight to the net, and J.J. Paterka picks up his second of the game. Good speed over the line by Middlestad. He'll drop it for Quinn in the slot with a shot, scores! Quinn with a dart is tied the game at three. Kings continue to cough it up in their own zone. Robinson for Tuck with a quick shot, he scores! What a pass by Robinson to Tuck who buries it and the Sabres have the lead at 4-3. Clawing their way to take the lead and here's a shot, scores! Right down the middle! The workhorse from Whitehorse, Dylan Cousins rips it! Out of the corner, Byfield shot, stopped by Devin Levi, and fittingly so, he settled into this game as the night wore on and gave his team a chance to come back and win it, and that they do. Well, picking up where we left off just a few minutes ago on the post-game show with Marty, I'm Brian, and we are <laughs> diving in on a 5-3 Buffalo win over L.A. yet again. Uh, does it feel different? You look different than when last we spoke before. Yeah, that, I'm uh, a lot smaller than you right now. I got to move in closer to my camera so I can have the same size too. head. What happened to your hair, buddy? My hair, I just got a little trim. I kept the back long. Look, the All back right. is really long. I got All the right. hockey hair. Right. I just we don't have the over... So. I know. I just don't have the overgrown sideburns and like hair over the ears that is like poofing out, right? The top yeah. is long. The back is long. I'm just a little trim on the side just to look a little younger and get the white out. Like it was starting to get really gray and white on the side because it was long. So noticed. that's getting the white out. But uh, no, you're right. We were uh, we were last in the studio with the crew there at 2 a.m. when we left. And uh, the crew at the uh, early call again. So they're the MVP. The MVP of uh, of the game last night and today is our crew in studio at One Bill's uh, Drive there. The MVPs would be Jeff, Tom, George, Shannon, Addie, Gianna, and normally Tom, but uh, we're sending all our love to him and his family at this point yep. in time. Alicia filling in and amazing job by all last night, especially with, like you say, the quick turnaround. So... The Sabres don't have a quick turnaround. Now they sit on this for two days, and then they get San Jose on Saturday afternoon. Um, I probably shouldn't ask, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because there's no reason to bring negative negativity into the moment here. Um, what would you like to take away from last night's 5-3 win in L.A.? 
Well, I uh, woke up this morning. Um, I was going through X and kind of seeing what was happening. And uh, 36 minutes ago, we got a, a nice tweet by Alan Walsh. So let me just bring up what Alan Walsh said last night. Well, this morning about last night. Buffalo forward J.J. Paterka had a game last night. He was unstoppable. It was an unstoppable force every time he stepped on the ice. He scored two goals, added an assist, drew three penalties, and was a plus four. The 22-year-old Ford now has 16 goals on the season. So, um, I know Alan Walsh loves to go on social media and pump the tires of his players, but I want to say this was a, um, I don't want to call it a statement game, but I think J.J. Paterka overall, when you look at the impact he had on the game, was probably mm. one of his best game in a Sabres uniform. I know that the stats back it up, right, his first, multi-goal game, he had the three points, he had the hat-trick of drawing penalties, but I really think his impact and and helping Cousins and Quinn along the way was a significant one in the game. Eight players in the NHL had big offensive nights. Can you name them? Last night? Yes. Okay, well, um, I will. Uh, Nathan McKinnon had an amazing night, so I'll start with Nathan McKinnon. Five points. Five points. Okay, let me see what games were going on last night. No, no, anyway, keeping the same game. Sam Reinhardt? No. Mm, no, he did score, though. Um, I am going to go. Well, okay, so Colorado, did Rantanen and Makar do anything there? See, why does everybody forget Rantanen? This is the whole point of the exercise. I mentioned it like six times to you when you were getting all giddy about McKinnon. And did you know that no forward in the NHL plays more time on ice than Miko Rantanen? And in the last... Three or four years, the top four scorers in the league are McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, and Rantanen. Yeah. Give the man some respect already. He's only he's only getting points because he's playing with McKinnon and McCarr. So um, <laughs> going to the Hall of Fame. I was I was loud. hoping for the eye roll that I got because that's like an automatic response often from uh, he's only getting points because he's playing with this player. Well, you know what? Um, <laughs> he's, he, he's a pretty good player to be able to continue. Okay, uh, I'm going to say. Um, Thomas Tatar, I know, had a couple of goals. No. no? no. Pew Suter had the hat trick. Pew Suter, yes. Okay. Um, after that, I'm going to say I'm all out of ideas. There were eight players with three points or more last night. Paterka, Quinn, Matthew oh. Kachuk, Pew Suter, Kale McCarr, Carter Verhage, Rantanen, and McKinnon. So I yeah. give the nod to McKinnon last night with his four-goal performance, his hat trick. Second and one it's of one year. of those where... It, you laughed in the studio last night when it was like, hey, Colorado's up one nothing, shorthanded goal by, by McCarr. And then all of a sudden it's 4 nothing, and it's McKinnon, McKinnon, McKinnon. And the first thing you said was Kucherov gets the hat trick the night before. And Kucherov and McKinnon are kind of going back and forth. Who's top and the, the, the uh, scoring leaders and whatnot. And yeah. McKinnon said, hold my beer. Let's see what I can do in this game. And he totally lit it up. And that leads us into an unexpected segment, but one we should foster moving forward, which is way wrong predictions. And allow me to be the first to take the heat for this one. There is no chance, despite us saying that Connor McDavid was going to be in the lead for the Art Ross at the end of January. He is not touching these guys before the end of the year. I will bet on Kucherov and McKinnon all day long to continue this battle with Connor Despite his incredible efforts and the Oilers winning 14 in a row, yeah, see McDavid entering the chat. No, and I listen, Connor McDavid right now is sitting 22 points back of McKinnon, 20 points back of Kucherov. If he had closed the gap to 10, 
I would say there's definitely a shot, right? Because that means he would have gotten all these points. I don't think it's on the look. I'm not saying Connor McDavid is bored with being at the top and having 160 points in a season and whatnot, but I think Connor McDavid has moved on to my team's won 14 in a row and we're going for 15 in a row tonight and we're going to go for 16 in a row Saturday and then, you know, coming back from the break. I think that's where he's moved into. And really, to be honest with you, that's, and I'm not comparing McDavid's lesser production to put the team's success, um, you know, to what the Sabres are doing. But I'm looking at the Sabres now since January 1st, and I'm looking at some of, some of the numbers. They're 6-4 and four in the 10 games in 2024 since the start of the month, uh, which is okay. It's not the, you know, the the best, like, but two out of three, right? We talked about two out of three. If they had won two out of three, they'd be 6-3. Six 6-4 and, three. Six and four is close enough. Uh, maybe they can get hot. But the numbers are showing that offensively, they're just a little bit better, not, but defensively and goaltending has had a huge impact now in their recent success. That for me, that's kind of like what Don Granado, I think, wanted to see. Now, there's been some off nights and Anaheim two nights ago was an off night, but overall, the numbers are going the right direction. So we hope that it continues. Well, that's the thing. Edmonton has eliminated the off nights, and I dare yeah. say that other teams, because of their emphasis on McDavid, which is almost moot because he's going to get his points anyway, the fact of the matter is the Oilers are getting way more secondary scoring now from the Fogels of the world and guys like that. So their balance is allowing – they don't have to get four points every night from McDavid. No just to win a game or just to have a chance at the end of a game, right? It's not going to slow him down. He's going to be unbelievable. He'll probably finish third. I just don't see him catching Kucherov and McKinnon at this point. It's going to be tough to finish third anyway, but yeah, he'll probably finish third. Well, sure, because Reinhardt's not slowing down, and uh, Grantonen's obviously (laughs) not slowing down. Pretty good player. He's just riding McKinnon's coattails, so that's what's happening. All of this kind of leads us into Stats Guy Marty. And uh, another, uh, another segment we need animation for, obviously. Stats guy. That's Mike Kelly at NHL Network and Sports Logic. Overworked here as we head into a weekend. Yes. Um, What is the statistical storyline slash takeaway from last night that you want to see kept track of building moving forward here for Buffalo? Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of this, this or that buffer. So I'll give you some information and I'll ask you, is it more team or is it more an individual? And in that sense, I'm going to focus on the goaltending, right? Devin Levi last night, he gives up three goals on six shots. And then he goes on to make 35 straight saves. Like he really halfway in the first, it's three, one. You're thinking, Oh, this is going to be a long night. Like mm-hmm. Levi looks shaky. And then two saves on the, on the power play can breakaway saves. There was, there was a bunch of big saves that he was able to make. Now he did get a little help from Connor Clifton early in the second, who probably makes the save of the game. It would have been four, one Trevor Moore would have gotten an open net. Clifton saves it. Were, were but, you not paying attention? It was the save of the game as a sponsored no, element in our post game yeah. report from Dan well, and Razor. It's a six save. It's it's not a goalie save, but yes, it was the moment of the game, right? The the save of the game. Yes, absolutely. But I look at there was many other saves that Levi made that were important saves. Kempe breakaway I mentioned that was an important save. There was more saves like that that Levi made that were important. So, but Clifton was the key play of the game. But I look at numbers, okay? I look at the whole season and since January first. 
Mm-hmm. And why January 1st? Often you, you can pick a date and then it's like kind of, oh, I'll pick that date. I'm just going to look at the, the calendar year, the 2024, and kind of see what the difference is for the whole season and 2024. Boy, you really have it in for L.A. They don't want to look at anything here in 2024. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, but that's their own problem. Yes. They, they're calling they're calling out guys not wanting their cookies, not playing as a team game. Goaltending's not good in L.A. right now, but... Let's put a lay on the side, okay? This season, the Sabres expected goals for their 26th in the league and expected goals against our 27th. That tells me that you're not creating a lot of offense and you're giving up a lot more defensively than you wanted to, right? And all season, we've been thinking about, well, all off season, it was like, we're going to limit the chances. We're going to limit the chances. Well, you're 27 and expected goals against. That's not good. Um, it, it just the numbers themselves, you're 26 in goals against, right? So it, it mirrors the numbers. Well, since January 1st, you moved up to 12 in expected goals against. The expected goals for are still 27. You're still not mm. scoring, but you moved up to 12 in expected goals against. So yeah. you're doing something better defensively. And that's all including like five on five penalty kill and everything. That's not just a five on five play. So, okay. You're helping out your goaltenders, right? Because you went from 27 to, to 12 in expected goals against in that, you know, last three and a half, four weeks. Mm-hmm. But then I look at the goalies themselves and I say, okay, are they doing their part to make it even better? Okay, so this season, from the start of the season, Uko Pekalukinen is 14th in goal save above expectation, and Levi is 32nd in goal save above expectation per game. Mm-hmm. So 14th for UPL is excellent, and especially nothing. since he was 35th and 40th at one point this year. And nothing He's moved wrong up. with Levi ranking there in a league that's used almost 80 goaltenders and him getting, you know, like relatively limited minutes. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's so fine. he's 32nd and goes above expectation per game. But yeah. from January 1st, UPL is second. The only mm-hmm. bad, better goalie than UPL since the calendar year 2024 is Stuart Skinner in Edmonton. Yeah. So UPL is second. And Levi is sixth mm-hmm. in goal save above expectation per game. So I think that the message that was all summer long saying, if we just play better defensively, we are going to be able to help our goalies. And in that way, the goalies have more confidence and they play better. Mm -hmm. So you went from 27th in expected goals against to 12th now in the new, in, in this month. And your goalies went for, went 14th to second and 32nd to six. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm saying like this or that. Is it your goalies? that are helping more, or is it your team defense that is making your goalies play that way? What's the record again? Six and four since that uh, January 1st. This is a tough one. Um, My instinct is to say that the goaltending has been much better. Yeah. Yeah, that's my uh, instinct to say Regardless too. of the, you know, the the numbers coming down, the problem is I'm fixated on the other here. The offense? Most of the district, exactly. Because I don't know if they can get to the place they want to get to unless they get a similar uptick on the chances created 
like they've reduced the chances against. I just, I, I look at some of the teams they're going to be playing and inevitably some of these games are going to be track meets. Yep. Potentially. And this club needs to keep finishing. And and look, sometimes you're going to catch goalies on tough nights. That's, that's why numbers are what they are. That's why they get inflated. I mean, yes, Buffalo was really great last year, but they, they took advantage of some bad goaltending. That's what you have yeah. to do. And I think they did last night, and I hope that last night is a springboard for belief in shooting and some creativity and things like that, capitalizing on Kings turnovers, which they're, I mean, the Kings are beside themselves right now as to how they handled that game. And let's not kid ourselves. Most teams are quote machines like the Kings are right now after losing games to teams where Buffalo is in the standings. Yeah. That's, that is a widespread phenomenon. Well, in Buffalo sports. lost to Anaheim, but, and what was their quote machine? We were terrible. Second period was bad. Yeah. We turned yeah. the puck over. We didn't support one another. We didn't right. forecheck. We didn't. That's what you say after those bad games. But Which is unnecessary, right? Like, it's, it, it, to me. Well, there's two sides to that medal. To me, there's respect for anybody that's in pro sports. And my goodness, we just watched San Jose rattle off 3-0-1, including against some good teams like the New York Rangers. So don't disrespect them. Don't assume that anything's going to happen. Reflect on the actual game itself. Did the That Kings was a Don Granado quote yesterday, Duffer. Remember, I think it was Mike Harrington says, you just lost to a bad team and the Anaheim Ducks and you guys have been having a hard time against bad teams. And Don goes, well, yeah. well I, I, it's, it's the NHL, you know. Mm-hmm. There's there's no bad teams. There's there's yeah. it's the NHL. It's the best league in the world. So yeah. that any given night, if you don't play your best, and LA didn't play their best yesterday, and right. they're calling each other out. But I also feel that Sabers still had 37 shots. Yes. Sabers went, yes. went yes. but but again, and by the way, look- at, for all of LA's struggles, and, and let's reinforce this, they are the worst team in the NHL over the their last 14 games. Nobody yeah. has fewer wins than LA. They somehow, through all of that, managed to hold top three status defensively in the NHL with the league's number one penalty kill. So Buffalo needs to take a second and go, this was good for us. We did create enough. We did score where other teams haven't even taken advantage of LA in that regard, right? So this is, there, there can be a bigger silver lining here than just saying, Oh, L.A. crapped the bed last night. Well, L.A. crapped the bed in a certain ex- extent last night. Turnovers, they allowed Buffalo. You're up 3-1 in the NHL. You should be able to lock it down and not allow that. But but Could we you? see a lot of two we- goals come back, <laughs> exactly. right? Three goals come back. So it does exactly. happen. But the best teams usually find a way 90% of the time to say we'll close it out. Okay, so the game is 5-3 last night. Sabres win, 5-3. So at the end of the game, I look at the reports and all of it. And, you know, one way to kind of start your report and your analysis of the game is say, okay, what were the expected goals in that game mm-hmm. last night? And you look at the numbers and it was, or it was should even. have been, huh? Was it even? Should have been a 5-3 LA win. Yeah. Instead of it's I a 5-3. I, see, so, I didn't want to go too far, but I really liked Levi from the final 50 minutes. Like you So know Levi that. saved yeah. two goals above expectation. Cam Talbot gave up two more goals than expected. Yeah. In the end, maybe that's as simple as that. My goalie outplayed their goalie. Yep. You know, but I, that's who could part argue of the that? game. Right? Right? That that's you know, what it that's what it looked like. Moneypuck.com has a winometer, right? It deserved to win o meter. Like in last night's game, LA Kings deserve to win 77% of the times, but that doesn't take in effect goaltending. Yeah. Goaltending is a big part of this game. Back in the Dominic Hasek eight days, 
The Sabres probably deserve to lose 90% of their games, but they won a lot of them because you had the better goaltender. And Levi was the better goaltender yesterday. And, you know, defensively, the Sabres gave up glorious chances and they capitalized on their chances. Hey, tell me something we kept saying last year. Hey, we capitalized on our chances. We scored above expectation. And our goaltenders, Craig Anderson and whoever last year, made some saves and we won the game. That's the recipe here for the Sabres, but at least their defensive play has been better. It's not top 10 mm-hmm. since, you know, the start of January, but it's 12th. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. It is. And again, if you missed it late last night, Jacob Bryson was playing and, you know, that is something that hadn't happened for the Sabres since back in the first week of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been predominantly playing in Rochester. He was uh, on the ice for 11 minutes last night, obviously, uh, and not surprisingly, without Matias Samuelson. Um, Darlene played 26 minutes, Power played almost 24 minutes. And, the, you know, they're, they're without Eric Johnson right now, too. I thought it was a decent and, you know, uh, nice kind of rounded game by Henry Okaharyu. I, I continue to yeah. think that Ryan Johnson... Uh, just, you know, I mean, 13 and a half minutes last night, not nearly his highest, but I, I think his, um, his consistency should be lauded at a time when he's learning a lot and processing a lot. I, I, I rarely, if ever look at Ryan Johnson and think he, he somehow looks overwhelmed or out of place, which is fantastic. Um, and again, that's, that's the beauty of being such a good skater and a good puck mover well, like he is. And that's the, intelligence. the key. And yeah, like because so, he'll make mistakes. But yes. what I like about Ryan Johnson is he doesn't make mistakes standing still. He's mm-hmm. never there with the puck and standing still. He's always moving. And at times he's going to get caught. Yeah. That's fine. But if you're thinking forward, moving forward mm-hmm. again, the Jack Quinn goal, move forward. What happens? It has created separation between the defense and the forwards that were changing and allowed Quinn to score. And moving forward, as in today's show, Darren Dreger is going to be joining us to talk about a number of league-wide issues. But with Quinn specifically here and the reuniting of the Cousins-Quinn-Paterka line, let's do this for a few minutes before we break for for Darren because I think this is an area that uh, that is worth noting and and, and worth projecting, obviously, um, as far and, – and look – how many times have we done this over the last six, seven years working together? You can only react off of, of the most recent game, right? And whether it's your hope meter sitting there more than half full, that's fine. The fact of the matter is this team is going to more than rely upon whether they're all together or all spread out through the lineup. But let's assume they're going to stay together. They are going to rely on the consistent improvement of this trio when playing together. So we had a spontaneous statistical uh, sidebar the other day when talking about this trio. And I said, "Eh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think their five-on-five numbers were overwhelmingly good last year. And you looked it up for me on the fly, and sure enough, they were, you know, like, what was it? Uh, 18 goals for 24 goals against, right? At five on five. Yes. Which is fine. Two of them were rookies, right? And Dylan hadn't blossomed into a 30 goal scorer yet. So, yep. but the reason that people thought more highly of that group was because of the eye test. 
So every night they were getting more high danger chances and they were getting more of the expected goals for percentage. Well, guess what? That's still the same. Their underlying numbers are almost the same as last year, which is 56% of the expected goals for, meaning they're owning a little bit more of the play, over 58% of the high danger mm-hmm. chances. Yeah. And guess what? Now they're on the plus side, right? Now there are eight goals for, six goals against. But those underlying numbers are almost identical to what they were last year when two of those players were rookies. Mm-hmm. So they create, they play well off of each other. And that's the beauty of this because there's no ceiling for these three. If it gets to a point where they really find a rhythm, uh, I'm not saying overall point totals like we saw from the Thompson line last year, but if they start trending like we saw last night, six points a game or eight points in total between the three. But even if you have nights where the three of them combine for four points, three points, four points, whatever, that means they're on the board making a difference. It, it, It doesn't take that much to be ultimate difference makers in this league. And I think it's very exciting to see what that trio found last night. The only line for the Sabres that were in a positive when it looks at uh, shot attempts from the slot, scoring chances, they were, uh, got it five to one at five on five. All the other lines were either equal two, two or three versus eight, two versus five. So they were the, the only line that had a positive uh, turnaround when you look at it. And look, that's. That's also matchup based, and sure. sometimes you're gonna have a you know you're gonna have a team a, a a a night where your top line maybe is gonna struggle. Somebody's got to pick it up. That's why we always talk about the Sabers having depth, and we talked about secondary scoring a lot last year because it was always Thompson, it was always stuck, and then it got to be oh let's look at Quinn Paterka Cousins, right? Then you needed more. Um, yeah, that's gonna help the scoring numbers. I talked about the scoring numbers. You're still 27th in expected goals for. Mm-hmm. Well, with a performance like last night, you know, the, the expected goals for were only at 2.8, mm-hmm. but you keep going the right direction, you're gonna keep the, those numbers are gonna keep uh, going in the in the better sense. Well, you have to hope that after being out for an extended period, the Jeff Skinner is going to look better and better as the games yeah. continue, you know, you have to hope and expect that based on his overall production. And you and would, it's going to help. I think when that happens, probably helps uh, Tage Thompson a little well, bit, who you can the, sense frustration a little bit in his game. Uh, I can. Maybe you can't. I said you can sense, no, but I can. I mean, I, that's a really interesting point because, again, if you didn't stay up late with us last night, Tage Thompson was in-house named the game's number one star. Yeah. So I would say that whoever watched him and saw him at the level that that person saw him, they probably weren't looking at a frustrated player. They were looking at an aggressive player who was trying to make a difference, even if he couldn't hit the score sheet. And when you just mentioned matchups earlier, this is the beauty of it. Because if the matchup was negate Thompson and he still agitated, got under the skin, pushed back, enough that it ended up being hey great night for the cousins line isn't that's what you're craving every night right so some nights the attention's going to go to the cousins line well guess what maybe it frees up thompson to have wow. a six point game and then once he go you know what i mean like that's that's what i take away from the overall game last and, night and and really last night in the game he played against 
Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty most, right? He played against Philip Deneau most, and mm-hmm. that, that's a tough matchup for Tage Thompson. But the reason I'm saying um, Tage has a little frustration to him is, remember, like, after he hurt his hand, missed nine games, came yes. back, he wasn't shooting the puck as much. He wasn't stick handling as much. And then I saw him in practice, and I brought it up on the show. I said, Tage was taking full one-timers in power play practice. Like, guys were, like, getting in the way, and he wasn't <laughs> holding off. Like, a lot of times you'll say, I'm not going to shoot this, and I want to hurt anybody. But he was, like, getting frustrated, and he was taking full one-timer. And then he scored on a one-timer, and you could see his shot was getting better, and he was more confident. When he took that one timer that exploded Cam Talbot's stick yesterday, knocked his knob and stick in the corner and broken in half. That's the same feeling I got from Tage. Like, get out of my way and I am going to put that puck through anybody. Yes. Like, there's so there's an aggressive nature to it, but there's also a frustrating, a frustrated nature to yeah. Tage that I think. Kind of goes hand in hand. I like angry Tage. I like angry Tage. I just don't want him to be pouty Tage. I don't want him to be, you know, like negative Tage. I want angry Tage to be a force out there. Yes. And with only one game between now and post break, right? Which is a Tuesday return. Like there's a lot of time for a number of these players to start feeling better health wise coming out of this. And I have to assume that the player that will benefit the most is Tage Thompson. So I, yeah. I, you know, I'm looking forward to that as we are looking forward to Darren Dreger. He is coming up next here on Sabres Live. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.